Well, this last week we celebrated Passion Week and we had a chance to remember Christ's sacrifice for us, how he was betrayed and arrested and how he was nailed to a cross and died for our sin. And then they put him in to a borrowed grave. They rolled a stone in front of that grave and they sealed it with a Roman seal and they posted Roman guards in front of it. But you know what? They couldn't keep Jesus in the grave. And that's what we're here to celebrate today. We want to look at a passage of scripture from Matthew uh, chapter 28. We're going to look at the first seven verses as it tells the incredible story of what happened that day. It says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards took, uh, shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is in here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Now come, see where his body was lying. Now go and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. As I was thinking about this day and uh, all that it means, I begin to think about, you know, kind of the situation that we're in with this coronavirus and, you know, and everybody kind of having to uh, kind of hunker down at home. And I thought, you know what, I'll bet that there are a lot of you today that would say, you know, Pastor Steve, I feel like I'm in a tomb. You know, I feel like I'm in this place and, and I can't get out. And, uh, and, and we know that there's going to come a day that they'll open the doors and we'll be able to move about freely again. Um, but even beyond that, my guess is there are some of you this morning that you feel like you're in another kind of tomb. And I'll bet for some of you, you, you feel like you're in a cave, that there's a, a stone that's sealed you in and, and a place in your life that you just can't seem to get out of. And what I want to declare today is that our God who rolled the stone away from the grave and from the tomb of Jesus, he can roll the stone away from your tomb as well. Well, what kind of tomb? I thought of several. Let me just give you a few. Are you ready? Here we go. He can move the stone from your tomb, the tomb of your painful past. You know, there are a lot of people that I talk to who have um, grown up in horrible environments. Uh, some of them had uh, really horrible abusive parents. Uh, some of them grew up in places where there was a lot of violence. Uh, some were neglected. Some were abandoned. And sometimes those, uh, those growing up years, that past can, can leave scars on us. Some of us have been through tragic marriages. And some of us have been through a horrible relationship. Some of us have been off to war. And, and sometimes we, with that tragic past, begins to form scar tissue. And it seems to him, saying, and I guarantee you, there are some of us today who feel like we'll never be able to get beyond our past, but you can. The same God who rolled the tomb away from his son can roll the tomb away from your painful past. He can heal that for you. I saw this yesterday. This was a post from a, a young lady that's a, a friend on Facebook, and I just I thought this is just a great testimony of what God can do. She said, I was born in China and abandoned on the street. 
A policeman found me and took me to the orphanage where I lived for two years. I remember the emotions of darkness, being lost, and sad. But then my parents from far away claimed me as her own, as their own. I had a home and a loving family here in Norman, Oklahoma. Jesus called me when I was a little girl, and I was no longer abandoned or an orphan. I am found and adopted by my Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. And just as God rolled the stone away from that young lady's tomb, you know what? He can do the same for you and heal your painful past. He can roll the stone away from your your tomb of brokenness. And I know a lot of us come from a place of brokenness today. Broken bodies, broken relationships. Uh, Some of us are in uh, hurting marriages. Some of us have uh, some very painful things that are going on uh, with our kids or, or with our parents. And, and I want you to know today that the same God in the Old Testament who was our Jehovah Rapha and the God who came as Jesus Christ and walked among us and healed people everywhere, he can heal you right now for whatever it is that you're experiencing. He can put his hand upon you and heal your broken body. And you know what? He can heal your broken marriage. And he can heal your broken relationships. He can move that, tone, that stone of brokenness as well. You know what else? He can roll the stone away from the tomb of your sinfulness. I, I, I got a message uh, yesterday uh, from a friend. And um, he was uh, talking about uh, a few different things with me. And one of the things that he talked about was just how grateful he is for the place that he stands in today uh, of forgiveness by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in his note to me, one of the things he said, he said, I'm going to be honest with you, Steve. He said, you know, he said, there was a time when I didn't really feel like I could be forgiven. And maybe you feel that way. You know, I don't know what you've done. I don't know how long you've done it. I don't know where you've been with your life or the sins that you may have committed. But my guess is, for some of us, the enemy is just beating us to death today. And he, he's tried to seal us in in this, this tomb of sinfulness. But do you understand today that that was the purpose that Jesus came? Was not just to roll the tomb away from his tomb, uh, but to roll the stone away from your tomb of sinfulness that you too could be set free? You know, I think maybe some of us can identify with Paul as he was writing Romans 7, and he began to talk about how, you know, he tried to shake the sinfulness off, but he couldn't do it out of his own strength. And and when you read uh, how he says, you know, I I, I try to do good things, and I don't do them, and I try to stop doing bad things, and I can't stop. And he gets to the end of chapter 7, and he goes, God, what a wretched man that I am. Who can save me from this body of death? And then he says, thanks be to God. Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in chapter 8, for there is now, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now you look at me, make eye contact and hear what I am saying to you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how long you've done it. I don't care how bad you think it is. This is what you need to know today. Our God's grace is always greater than our sin. And you may feel like you're in a tomb. But you're not. Jesus Christ has rolled that stone away too. He can roll the stone away from the tomb of our helplessness. 
He can roll the stone away from the tomb of our helplessness. Some of us feel really stuck today. Some of us, I guarantee you, feel like we're in a place that we just can't get out of. And I know what some of you are saying is, you know, Steve, I'd, I'd, I'd love to be able to move forward, but I, I just can't. You know, one of the little words that I love and in the Greek that God uses to describe his Holy Spirit is the word parakletos. And that word literally means someone who comes alongside of us and does for us what we can't do for ourselves. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things that out of this human body and this human flesh, I don't have either the strength or the willpower to do. But that's where I'm thankful today, that God has rolled that stone of helplessness away and that he can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. I, I think it's so amazing how when they were creating the, uh, the 12 steps and the recovery program, how at the very beginning they said, you know what, step one is the day that I begin to admit that my life is at manageable, unmanageable and out of control and I am powerless. I am powerless against it. And that day when we begin to admit that there are things that we are powerless against, that's the day when we can invoke the power of God to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you're up against. I don't know what part of your life you feel helpless in today, but this is what I know. God is able to roll that stone away and the power of his Holy Spirit, he can come alongside of you and he can do for you what you can't do on your own. Can I give you one more? He can roll the stone of hopelessness away. He can roll the stone of hopelessness away. And there may be some of you that that's, that's where you're at today. Uh, you're at a place of hopelessness. You're at a place where you're saying, you know, Steve, I... I've just been ready to give up. And today, that was the same feeling. You need to understand that the women felt who came to the grave. That was the same feeling that the disciples felt when, when, when Jesus was, was stuck in that tomb and the stone rolled and fell. They, they thought that everything that they knew was, was over and life that they knew it was done. And what they didn't know was it wasn't the end. It was just the beginning. And I don't, again, I don't know what you may feel stuck in today, but I want to tell you that our God, he's got you. I love what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. It says, you know what? <clears throat> God says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good and not for evil. They're plans to give you a hope and a future. And I love this scripture. 1 Peter 1, 3. Listen to what Peter says. Just love this. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now listen to this. Now we live with great expectation. Now we live with great expectation. Now we live with great expectation. Don't know where you're at. Don't know what you're going through. But this is what I know. Our God is still on his throne and the stone has been rolled away from the tomb. Even the tomb of our hopelessness. I looked at this story and I, I, I thought, you know, there are, are a couple of really cool truths in here that, that I want to I wanna pull out for you today that I just hope will really um, inspire you. 
You know, when I looked at that, one of the things I realized is that God, God can do more than work in your circumstances. God can work through your circumstances. God can not only just work in your circumstances, God can work through your circumstances. You know, when we, when we look at this story and we see this miracle that, that happened uh, at the resurrection, it's a cool story. And, and what God did right there was, was, was something that was amazing in and of itself. And if that was all that happened, we'd still walk away and go, that was pretty amazing. But I want you to look at how God not only worked in the resurrection, look at how he worked through the resurrection. Look at how he breathed life and encouragement into the disciples. Look at how he took the resurrection, the resurrection and he established the church and he began to spread the word about him everywhere. Look at how he empowered the disciples who became so much bolder. Look at Peter who had denied he even knew Jesus Christ and how much courage he had after the resurrection. Look at how he stood up and he preached boldly. Look at what God did. God didn't just work in it. He worked through it. And because he worked through it, we have salvation today. You know, that's what happened for Paul. Paul began to realize that, you know what, there's nothing that can hem God in and keep him, not just for working in it, but working through it. When Paul was thrown in prison uh, in, in Philippians, he talks about he's in jail uh, for preaching the gospel of Christ, and they thought they were going to shut this guy up, but instead of shutting him up, they didn't know what, they had turned him loose for everybody else who had never heard the gospel. Paul was talking about the fact that, you know, he was in prison, and because he's, he was in prison, they were, they were chaining guards to him, and they were putting all of these unsaved people all around him, and Paul began to preach to these guards, and these guards began to get saved, and they began to tell other people, and then Paul, in, in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12, as he was reflecting on this, he was amazed that God wasn't just in working in it, he was working through it. And look at what he says. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. In other words, God not only worked in it and, and simply gave me encouragement or kept me safe, what he was saying is God has taken what the enemy has meant for evil and he has redeemed it to do even more. And I want to tell you something. I believe that is exactly what God is doing right now in the midst of this coronavirus. I believe that God is doing something not just uh, in it, but I believe God is doing something through it. Um, this morning, Rachel led us in a devotional, and she talked about uh, how God is, you know, when we get through this, what are we going to take away? And I believe God is, is, is speaking some things into us that are going to live way beyond us because of what has happened in this moment. I've heard already of people talking about how now they, they've got more time for their family than they've had before, and they're, they're connecting better, and they're closer, and things are happening because of that. There are some of you, I, I know some of you are going to lose your job. Some of you are going to be removed from things that you have done. And I guarantee you, some of you, when this is all over, you're going to have a testimony of how you may have lost your job here, but God actually used that to move you to a better place and a better position. I have talked to several pastors uh, who, again, this is a new normal for all of us, and we're trying to figure out how do we do ministry in this. And what is so amazing to me is how pastor after pastor tells me, you know what, Pastor Steve? Not only are we getting through this, because of technology, God is actually allowing us, helping us, using us to reach three or four times more people than we've ever reached before. I don't know, again, what you may be 
struggling with today or what tomb you may have found yourself in, but here's what I want you to understand. God can not only work in your circumstance, God's going to work through it in ways you never even imagined. Can I give you another one? Another thought out of this, this story today is the reminder that God can do more than the difficult. He could do the impossible. Do you believe that today? You know, I know sometimes when we, we think about the things that God can do, I, I think sometimes we begin to put a lid on God and we begin to say, well, you know, if it hasn't reached this point, maybe God can do something. But do you really believe that God is bigger than the box we put him in or the parameters we put around him? Not that God can just do some hard stuff. Do you believe he can do some impossible stuff? I love Mark chapter 9, verse 23, when a man had said to Jesus, you know, if, you know, if you can do something. And Jesus said, what do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. I love Jeremiah 20, uh, 32, 17. Um, Jeremiah, says, I just thought this is such a great word. He says, oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Wherever you are, would you say that out loud with me? Nothing is too hard for you. Come on, one more time. Nothing is too hard for you. Your impossible situation it's not impossible with God. Um, saw the story last week, and I just thought this was so amazing. Throw that picture up on the screen for me, would you please? That's Bonnie Ingstrom. Uh, uh, Bonnie and her husband, Travis, uh, live in Washington, Illinois. About um, 10 years ago, um, Bonnie became pregnant. Her and Travis have a whole quiver full of kids as it is. I think they had five at the time. And so she, delivering a baby was nothing new for her. And uh, she had actually done home, uh, delivered her babies at home. And so she decided to uh, deliver this child at home. And so she, uh, when it, but when it came time for the labor, um, a knot developed in the umbilical cord. And so when the baby was born there in her bedroom floor, um, it wasn't breathing, had no heartbeat. And Bonnie recalled what it was like for her as a mother sitting on her bedroom floor, watching them try to perform CPR on her little baby. They were 20 minutes from the hospital. Uh, by the time they were able to get there, get the baby, and get the baby to the hospital, when they took the baby in, they, they continued to work. They, they worked on this little baby for 61 minutes with no results. Everyone had given up. Bonnie and her family and several friends were praying and they were crying out to God to, to do something. And he did. 61 minutes without a heartbeat. And this little baby, whose name is James, his heart began to beat. The doctor uh, quickly um, let them know that 
Um, it's possible, it's most likely that the heart is going to stop beating, that this is just a reaction, um, and they were really not giving them any hope. Um, but against that, the heart continued to beat. As the baby's heart continued to beat, the doctor then said, you know, 61 minutes without oxygen, I, I can't give you any hope of a normal life. Um, the best that you could really hope for is that your child will be in a vegetative state. And in fact, the very first MRI they did on the brain on the brain showed great deterioration. But the second MRI they did showed the brain was normal. They kept the baby in the hospital for a while. Throw that next picture up on the screen. You can see Bonnie and Travis there holding little James Fulton. And James Fulton not only recovered James Fulton became a healthy, young child. Throw that next picture up on the screen. That's James. That's his eight-year-old picture right there, bright-eyed and, and uh, full of life. I, I thought it was so interesting because this was such an amazing recovery. And, and Dr. Juanita Corrales, who was the attending physician, um, began to talk about how she had said, he goes, I was on the brink of calling it, but, but he had a heartbeat, and, and he goes, just when we thought it was, he was done. And, and so she said, you know, we would have expected a vegetated state, and, and, and I don't understand. That's just not the case. And then here's what she said. She said, you know, I don't use the word miracle willy-nilly. She said, but you can't explain this situation. It is a miracle. And you know what? We've seen this. Our God who can roll the stone away, our God who can do difficult things, you know what? He can do impossible things too. When the women came to the grave, they had no expectation of seeing Jesus alive. They were only hoping that maybe somehow they could anoint and put some spices on a dead body. They, they, they had hoped for maybe just a little bit of a blessing. They had no idea that God couldn't just do uh, uh, hard things, but that God could do impossible things. Again, I don't know where you're at. Don't know what you're going through. Don't know what you're experiencing. I know there may be some of you who just have thrown up your hands and go, there's just no way. And whenever you use the word impossible, listen for a snicker from heaven because our God specializes in impossible things. Can I give you one more? God is not only working where you are. He's already at work where you are going. God, not only working where you are, he's already at work where you are going. Those of you who know me know that I am a, I'm a huge Oklahoma City Thunder fan, and one of my great sadnesses was the day that they decided to call off the NBA season and and shut everything down, and, and I am so used to either watching the game um, as it was as it's played, or or I tape every game and, and come in and watch it later. But I, I don't miss a, a Thunder game. I just don't miss it if it's if it's possible at all. And so it was just kind of interesting how that was that was one of my great sadness as well. I, I couldn't believe that uh, a, a couple weeks ago that the Oklahoma City Thunder and Fox Sports Oklahoma decided to replay some of the games that they played this year. 
And yes, I'm taping those games, and yes, I'm watching those games, even though I saw them live. Now, what's really funny is as I'm watching these games, when our, our guys mess up, they throw a bad pass, or they do something dumb, I, I, I yell, and I go, no, why did you do that? And, I'm, and I'm, I'm getting all worked up watching a game that was played months ago that I watched. I already know the outcome, but I'm getting all worked up anyway. And you know what I thought of the other night when I was yelling like an idiot at a game that I knew the outcome of? I was thinking about how our God is not only in the moment when things are played live, but that he's already moved on to the things that are yet to come. You know, when... The Mary, two Marys got to the tomb that day. The tomb was empty. Oh, yeah, God had been there. God had already done his work. But you know what? He had moved on. I love this verse, and this is going to help some of you today. And that verse we read earlier from Matthew 28, 7, you remember what the angel said? He said, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. In other words, God is not only at work right here in our midst for what we're going through. God is also already down the road working for us in the places that we are going. I know that there are some of us who, who were struggling with some of this because not only are we dealing with this mess that we're in, but we're thinking about, you know, Lord, what's, what's going to come out of this? What's, what's going to happen when, you know, when the quarantine's over and, and what's the economy going to be like and what's my job going to be like and what's the family going to be like and what's all of that. Here's what you need to know. God is not only at work right where you are. He's already working where you're going. He's already there, family. Yeah, he's got one hand on us here. But there's other hands already at work down the road where you're heading. I got an email uh, a couple weeks ago from a young lady back in my hometown in Ohio. And she had watched um, the message I did on winning over worry, and she sent a very nice email thanking me for that message. And then here's what she said, and I, I just thought this is such a great example of what I'm talking about. She said, you know, we all needed this reminder. She said, I can say yes and amen to this sermon. She said, I'm so grateful and blessed that although my salon, she's a stylist, was shut down by the governor, God started moving in ways, listen to this, before it happened to provide for my son and I. He has already provided in ways that have taken care of my April bills already. I walked out of the salon March 18 with a peace and trust that it was going to be Okay, I've been able to do for others now in my time off, and I share with anyone who asks about how I'm doing up through this, how faithful God has been, and how faithful he will continue to be. She said, my theme song through all of this is, I'll Give Thanks, by the group House Fires. You see, God was not only working where she was at, before she ever got there, God had already been at work, and now he's working ahead of her still. And he's doing the same 
for you. You know, I don't know what tomb you may find yourself in. I I don't know how you may feel your life is stuck. I don't know where in your life you may need the miraculous resurrecting power of our Lord Jesus Christ to, to come to you. But here's what I want you to know. He still moves stones. What God did 2,000 years ago for our Lord Jesus Christ, he can do for us. He can do for you. Are you ready to move forward? Are you tired of being stuck in that cave? Can I just invite you during these next few moments to let the fierce love of God meet you right where you're at. He loves you more than you could imagine. He doesn't want you to be stuck in that tomb. He doesn't want you to remain as you have been. He wants to change you into all that you can become. I I love what Paul said in Romans 6, 4. He said, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. This morning, whoever you are watching this, whenever you watch it, I challenge you to open your heart and your life to the resurrecting power of God. I invite you just to confess before him that you find yourself in a tomb that you can't get out of. And I ask you this morning just to reach out to him and say, dear God, would you do for me what you did for your son? Would you roll the stone away from my tomb and set me free? How grateful we are that um, you didn't leave your son in that tomb. But your fierce love broke through. You rolled back the stone. You spoke life where there was death. And the resurrected Christ changed the world. And Lord, today we believe that you're just the same today. And so right now, Lord, wherever people are reaching out to you, however they're crying out for you to move in their life, Lord, would you roll the stone away? Would you roll the stone away from their painful past? Would you roll the stone away from the brokenness of their lives? Would you roll the stone of their sinfulness away by your great grace? Would you roll the stone of their helplessness today and let them know that you will do for them what they can't do for themselves? And Lord, would you roll the stone of hopelessness away? And would you fill our hearts with the great expectation that can only come through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oh, Father, we love you so much. Thank you for not leaving us in the tombs that we find ourselves in. Thank you that just as surely as you raised Christ from the dead, we too can live new lives. And that's in your precious name we pray. Amen.